Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I wonder sometimes whether the numbers start to all blend together and whether people just don't listen to the numbers anymore. I don't know. I'm just wondering about that. There was also in the last few days, there was the story about the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine trial with a 28-year-old doctor in Brazil dying. We later found out that he was part of the control group that he hadn't been given the uh, experimental vaccine. And 13 people in South Korea died after being injected with this year's common flu vaccine. I had email after email after email on that. And uh, people saying to me, and you still want to go ahead and have the vaccine? Yep. When they have a safe COVID vaccine, I'm going to get it. And uh, that's my decision. And if you choose not to, that's your call. And then we ask the question, should it be mandatory? 39% of Canadians, down from around 60%, 39% we found last week, are saying, only 39% are saying it should be mandatory. Dr. Isaac Bogosh, infectious diseases specialist, Toronto General Hospital, University of Toronto, is back with us, gives us his time so frequently. Dr. Bogosh, what about this? Um, we're closing in on half a million new cases around the world in one day. Do you think these numbers may be beginning to appear meaningless to people? Uh, similarly, the 42 million cases and 1.1 million deaths require... They require focus. Are we hearing too many numbers? I think we're getting numb. I, we keep hearing how bad it is, and there's numbers that really align with that. And, you know, they're accurate. We know that the numbers are showing that things are getting worse, not better. Now, is there exactly that many number of cases worldwide? Of course not. We know some countries are better at detecting and reporting than others. But we see basically the theme is there's a ton of COVID-19 circulating. It's worse now than it was before. We've got to take it seriously. And I think we've got to continue to be vigilant because I think we just sort of get desensitized to it. We keep hearing, oh, this many numbers of new cases per day and this place is going off and that place is going off. And we, we still got to keep our guard up. Yeah. Are most of the cases still in patients who are um, older, maybe infirm, have pre-existing conditions? And these are questions that I get in email and i Obviously, I'm going to pass them on to you because I can't answer them. But are they largely, mostly in countries with non-first world healthcare systems? Or is that just trying to find a reason to feel more secure? No, that's trying to find a reason to feel more secure. In fact, uh, Western Europe is just exploding right now. Uh, France, Spain, uh, parts of Germany, the UK. Like, there's a lot of COVID in, uh, in many first world or developed countries. And, you know, sadly, there's also a lot of COVID in, in developing countries. There's really... Nowhere on earth that's uh, unfortunately safe uh, at the moment. You've got these isolated pockets like uh, New Zealand and Taiwan, but by and large, most most places, developed or or less developed, are uh, are experiencing a big second wave, especially in the northern hemisphere where we're entering fall and winter. People are driven to indoor settings for a variety of reasons: work, school, it's cold outside, whatever. 
But uh, we know this infection is largely transmitted in indoor settings when there's lots of people in, in close proximity to each other for, for a period of time. And, and that's, that's what's likely driving a lot of these high numbers. And, it, and it's not just the, the older. It's, it's actually predominantly in young people now. There's a distance, yeah. for example, in Canada, there's a lot of young people in their 20s with this infection. But it's so contagious. It, it, it doesn't stay within that demographic for long. It'll spread. It is spreading to uh, older individuals, and that's why we're starting to see, sadly, hospitalizations and deaths uh, start to creep up now. Where are we as far as vaccine development is concerned? I ask you that each time you're on the air, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing that question, not just from me, but from, um, no doubt, hundreds of people who talk to you. But, But where are we? And let me also bring into the equation, here's the sidebar on the page, the 28-year-old doctor in Brazil who died, who was part of the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine uh, test, uh, but he was, I understand, a control group. And then 13 people in South Korea dying of the, of the uh, I shouldn't say of, but after receiving the, uh, the, the normal flu vaccine. How do we put all of that together? So a couple of things. First of all, I love getting asked about the vaccine for COVID-19 because it's an optimistic discussion. There are, I, mean, I think I have to also preface this with I'm a little bit embarrassed because I think ages and ages and ages ago, I was saying how, you know, it could be conceivable that we'd have the results of these trials by the late summer or early fall. And obviously that didn't pan out. But, you know, we're hearing that we might be getting the results of one or two or perhaps even three of these big clinical trials either like October or November. So it, like it's right around the corner before we start to hear about the results of these, these huge clinical trials. It's not outlandish that people will be getting vaccines in late 2020 somewhere on the planet, more likely in Canada and more likely in most parts of the world. These programs will roll out in 2021. Um, and of course, you know, we don't know yet. We have to look at the results of these trials. They have to be evaluated by independent bodies like Health Canada, the US FDA, who will look at all the data and give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down in terms of is this safe and is the uh, efficacy reasonable? And and if they give it the thumbs up, get ready because programs are going to start to roll out. Um, you know, and as you pointed out, you know the you know I, I quite frankly I have to look into this uh, South Korea issue. I, I haven't heard about this, so I, I'd like to look into it. But uh, but. You know, in general, with the COVID-19 vaccines, we've heard about a handful of hiccups along the way. But like, welcome to phase three clinical studies. This is, you know, the only thing different now is that the world is watching. But this, this happens all the time with big phase three clinical trials. If you're looking at vaccines or drugs or diagnostics, anytime something happens, everything pauses and, and they investigate. And there's huge pressure uh, in this case to get it done fast. Well, there is, but you know what's interesting is the companies and everyone involved have said like we're not cutting corners, like it's not acceptable. So oh, I'm, I'm sure they're not, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, pr- we appreciate that there's a, a humongous need for this. Um, they've they're very public about saying there's no there's no expediting this. This we're you know, and people also have to remember this is not starting from scratch. They didn't just start looking at vaccines in January or February of 2020, all of these platforms have been around for a decade or more, and they're just repurposing pre-existing platforms. So a lot of the technologies that are being used for most of these vaccines have been around for a long, long time. Some of them are actually used in current vaccines. So like this isn't, you know, people keep saying, well, they're rushing the science and stuff like, well, they're not. This is 
how it's done. It's just incredible what you can do when you have an unlimited amount of money and infinite infinite resources and brains. So it's 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 great. I mean, if anything, it just shows you that we can solve a lot of the world's problems if we focus a lot of our attention and money toward it. But yeah, I, I really think we'll probably have one. Uh, you know, we'll probably see something positive before the end of 2020, and we'll at least Canada will probably see some rollout of some program, hopefully in the early part of 2021. Okay, so I have to run this by you. Uh, and I've, I just did the, the, the numbers, and I, I'm curious. So this is why I'm asking you. Europe at 8 million cases and approximately 250,000 deaths. This is according to World Odometer, which provides the daily COVID cases, deaths, and recovered cases numbers. So Europe's population is approximately 750 million. If I don't ask you, somebody will. Uh, that means the COVID death rate measured against the total European population is 0.03%. Um, am I just misreading this? Am I doing this incorrectly? So I'd have to look at the math myself. But in general, if we're going to look at the what we call the infection fatality rate for this virus, it's probably going to lie somewhere between, you know, the 0.4 to 0.8 percent. Okay. And, and 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 then, of course, if we look at it in different age groups, it's going to be much, much, much higher in the 60 plus and much lower in the, you know, zero to 20 year olds. If we look at a point, let's just say it's 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, that, that's high. Like, people don't think that's a big number. That's a big number. When you think about, like, 0.5% of a million people, or how about 0.5% of 7 billion people, that's a lot of dead people. Uh, and that's why you can't let this virus run amok unchecked in a community because we've seen what happens when that when that we see what happens when we let that occur right look what happened in new york look what happened to houston look what happened to northern italy look what happened to wuhan look what's happening actually in the dakotas and parts of kansas and stuff like when a healthcare system gets stretched beyond capacity bad things happen people die not just from covid19 but from many many other causes all right so we got to prevent that if you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.